What If? What If? What If? It's a series that's exploring possibilities of making personal change and the possibilities of that if, if we would just live by the principles of Scripture. And that's a choice. If we choose to live by the principles of Scripture. Last week we asked the question, what if I forgive everyone? What if I just walked around forgiving everybody of everything they did wrong to me? In receiving God's forgiveness. We learn that if that happens, then we get that fullness of God's forgiveness. We get peace. We get all the good things that come along with that. Today the question is, what if I take control of my thoughts? Now this is one of the toughest spiritual disciplines to master. None of the topics that we're going over the next few weeks is easy, but this one ranks at the top. Thoughts are powerful things. Powerful. Norman Vincent Peale made, a famous, made famous the saying, change your thoughts and you'll change your world. I've heard many critics say that's not very easy. And they'll, they'll also say you can't just change your life by changing your thoughts. Well, I would respond this way. You're right on the first part, but you're wrong on the second part. It's true that it's not easy to do this. Anyone who has tried to change the way they think knows that this is very difficult. See, we have deeply ingrained thought habits that we typically turn to in response to stress or or fatigue or fear, doubt, any of those kinds of things. Our brains just kind of work this way. I had an eye exam this past week, and uh, I have these things now called floaters. Anybody have floaters? See, all the old people raise their hands. That's what they say happens. Our eyes are breaking down. And, but something neat I learned about them, a lot of times when you see the floaters, they're actually not there. It's your brain has taken a picture of what that floater looks like, and you think it's there. It's just how we're wired up. Uh, think of a smoker that you know that's in a place where you can't smoke. You know, smoking cigarettes is, you can't do it there. They're always reaching into their pocket, you know to get their cigarettes. They're doing it subconsciously. They can't have the cigarette, but they do that stuff anyway. You know, you know how it goes. Subconscious. That's the way we are with most things that we think. We're programmed to think certain ways about certain things, and often we do it without thinking. All right? We often think without thinking about what we're thinking about. <laughs> okay? If your natural tendency is to think negatively, and we all fall into this, but if that's your natural tendency, and you do nothing to curb that natural tendency, then your whole worldview has a negative slant. There's problems with this. Habitual negative thinking leads to problems, and they can't be avoided. First and most important about the problems here is that negative thinking robs you of a life of faith. That great life of faith. Oh, I've got so much faith. She has so much faith. He has. That life is robbed when you think negatively. Think about it this way. It's difficult to live life with the attitude that says, God is bigger than my problems. When you approach every problem thinking, well, this ruins everything. It's hard to do both of those. It's difficult to live with the attitude that says, I'm blessed 
and highly favored by God when every time a little inconvenience comes along, you say, well, isn't this typical? You know? Another problem is that negative thinking leads to inactivity. It leads to a what's-the-use mentality, kind of like the people started in that video. It causes us to think, why bother trying? Nothing works out anyway. We think, why go on a diet? I'll starve myself for a few weeks and uh, suffer through that, and then I'll get right back into where I was before, and all that suffering was pointless. We say, why should I bother trying to strengthen my marriage? My spouse doesn't appreciate anything I do. I'll just give and give and give, and I'll get back nothing in return. So why bother? When you give in to that natural tendency to think negatively, it's easier then to give in to the temptation to do nothing. Because of this, negative thinking often causes isolation in relationships. It causes us to focus on what's wrong in the relationship and tricks us into thinking nothing can be done about it. Nothing at all. Also, seeing only the faults in others prevents you from seeing the good qualities, which prevents you from enjoying the fullness of that relationship. So what good is all this? What good will it do if I change my way of thinking? Well, if you're willing to work hard at this, and you got to work hard. This is not easy. If you're willing to do that, then it makes all the difference in your life, in all areas of your life. What kind of differences? Well, for one, you'll be happier. <laughs> you'll be a lot happier. It doesn't take a degree in brain chemistry to know that a person who thinks positive, uplifting thoughts will be happier than the person who thinks bleak, negative thoughts. Let me tell you from experience that being happy beats being miserable every time. I know that from experience, all right? One who thinks negatively. Another thing that it will do good is that you will be able to develop a more accurate view of the world around you. One of the misconceptions about this term positive thinking you know, you hear that all the time, but positive thinking. One of the misconceptions is, is that it's nothing more than wishful thinking, and it leads to being a Pollyanna. Oh, nothing's wrong, everything's fine, everything's fine. I, I, I talked to somebody on the phone once, and they said like this, oh, yeah, hi, David, how are you doing? I said, you sound like you got a cold. And she says, no, no, I'm not confessing that. I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm healed. I'm not confessing that. Okay. The positive thinking thing is not that. It's not wishful thinking. Actually, the purpose of positive thinking is not to look at the world through rose-colored glasses. It's to look at the world through clear glasses so you can see what's really there. The purpose of positive thinking is not to create a fictional view of reality, but to see what really is so you can do something about it. Positive thinking doesn't mean you avoid thinking about negative things. It means you avoid thinking about things negatively. See the difference there? Negative thinkers say, this is a terrible situation and there's no solution. 
positive thinkers say, this is a terrible situation and I've got to figure out how to do something about it. Positive thinking is action-oriented. It's solution-oriented thinking. Because of this, another benefit from being positive in, in your thinking is that you become more productive. You actually get stuff done. Instead of thinking, what's the use? You'll begin thinking, what do I need to do? When you take control of your thoughts, you spend a whole lot less time thinking about things that take you nowhere. You spend less time reveling in the past and revisiting regrets. You spend less time thinking about what could have been and more time thinking about what can be. If you'll take the effort to control your thought life, it will improve your emotional state. It will improve your spiritual life, your relationships. People will actually like you better. (laughs) And it will actually help your ability to get your job done. So the question is, how do we put this into practice? How do we do it? How do you take control of your thought life? Well, let's look at three steps you can take. First of all, think on purpose. Not by accident. Think on purpose. Start thinking about what you think about. Think about what you think about. The Apostle Paul said we need to keep every thought under control in order to make it obey Christ. That's what those people did in the video in the second part. They took those thoughts and they made it obedient to what Christ says, what the Bible says. When Paul said this, he was talking about the influence that the world has on our belief systems and and the core ideas about life. In many cases, the world teaches one philosophy and the Bible teaches another. We need to make sure our thinking is aligned with the truths of the Bible. The truths of the Bible. There are certain things that you just know that you know that you know are the truth. You know, we we don't really have to waste a whole lot of time on the gray areas. Terry and I were just talking about uh, a person the other day who's really struggling with the the six days of creation. Is it was it literally six days or was it metaphorically speaking? And and you know that's an interesting conversation. And I kind of have my slant on the thing. But isn't the important thing that is that God's the creator? I mean, that's the truth in the issue. It's not just all the trivia around it, you know. I'm not saying that's trivia. It could be very important. But we need to go into the truth of the Word of God, the truth that Christ is speaking about, and let our thoughts be viewed through that. Now, I work by myself a lot of the time. And so I spend quite a lot of time alone with my thoughts. All right. What I've discovered is that left unchecked, your thoughts can take you to all kinds of crazy places. Crazy places. I, I made up a little example here that any of us could go through. Just a fictitious thing, but see if you can relate to any of it. Here's the example. You see an ad for a car, for a brand new shiny car. You see this ad, and your thought is, wow, nice car. Nice car. Wish I could afford it, but I can't afford anything. Not with my salary. 
Not with the demands on me. Not with this economy. I don't see things ever getting better. I guess the days of prosperity are pretty much over. I sure do wish I had taken advantage of some of the opportunities a few years ago, like Bob did. And he's done well for himself. It couldn't have happened to a less deserving guy. I'll never forget what he said to me. Boy, did that make me mad. I should have stood up to him and said, Bob, you so-and-so, let me tell you what I think about you. It's what I should have said, but I can't stand up to people. I've always been that way. It's probably because of my dad. I could never stand up to him. Boy, did he make my life miserable. And I still don't measure up to what he expects of me. Guess I never will. Why do I even bother? (laughs) And you can see how one little advertisement for a new car wastes the rest of the afternoon. It leads to negative, non-productive, downward spiral, stinking thinking. That's why we need to take every thought captive. When that thought enters your mind, grab hold of it. Grab hold of it before it, it decides to wander. Dissect it. Ask. Evaluate it. Why did I have that thought? What does this thought mean? Weigh it against Scripture. See if it measures up. So that's the first step to getting victory in your thought life, is to learn to think on purpose. Get control of this thing a little bit. Second thing, think with a filter. Let things run through a filter. After a year and a half search, I am so glad to announce that we've been looking for this place to call home close by Cornerstone here and in the neighborhood. And we've got this house we still own in Georgia, and just things were so hard to get in order. And it finally came together. God brought it together, and I can announce now that we just bought a house right around the corner here. So yay, I'm so glad we're here. It feels like we just got here now, even though we've been here a year and a half. Well, since we've always been city dwellers, I'm finding out that we've got a few things to learn about country living. One of those things we're learning about is wells and well water and all that stuff. You know, I understand there's some great advantages to this, like no water bill. Yay, that'll be great. Of course, everything else costs a fortune, doesn't it? But there are possibly some things we found out about, not necessarily, but possibly some things not so good that we may need to guard against, like bacteria and sulfur smell in the water and iron and acid and all that kind of stuff. Well, some professionals have told us this, and some of you experienced pericountians have educated us on the difference a water filtering system can make. Okay? You don't necessarily need it, but sometimes we're looking into it. For example, I understand that if you have the wrong kind of water, that your white laundry can turn a little yellow, and, and I even talked to somebody that turned their hair orange. And I started thinking, wow, I'd be married to a punk rocker if Terry's hair turned orange. You know, be <laughs> There's also people that say that, uh, that uh, if you've got real hard water, you have to use double the amount of soap. The taste may not always be the same because the, the water goes through different times when things are draining into the underground water. And that can affect the food that you cook in. Um, it's possible 
that virtually everything related to the kitchen, the bathroom, and the laundry room will be better with the use of a filter. Why? Because the filter captures all those impurities that the tap water lets out, and it only lets the pure water pass through. That's a silly little example, but in the same way, Paul suggests that we use a filter for our thoughts. He says, fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. It's a good idea to memorize these eight things. And and every time you think about something, run it through these filters. Is it true? I mean, is it is it really true? You know, this thought you're having about your boss. You got you heard a rumor and now you're having negative thoughts. Is it true? Is it honorable? Is it something that's good to think about? Is it right? Is it the right thing to do right now? Is it pure? If, if God were listening in on your thoughts, would you be embarrassed? By the way, I think he can listen in on your thoughts, okay? Is it lovely or is it an ugly thing? Is it admirable? And other people think it's likable. Is it excellent? Are, are, you, are you thinking of, let alone the bad thoughts, but are you thinking of, good thoughts at the expense of excellent thoughts. You're wasting time on just mediocre, good things, but you could be spending time thinking on excellent things. And is it worthy of praising? In other words, is this thought worthy of my time? If it is, go for it. Give it your full attention. Web designers use a little trick when you go to one web page, but they want you to go to another one. It's a little line of HTML code called redirect. And that way, if if a website has changed places or names, you go to the old website and it redirects you to the correct one. Pretty handy tool. But it's a good tool for thought habits too. When you find yourself thinking something you shouldn't be thinking, practice a redirect. Move your thoughts to something good and clean and pure, and trustworthy. That leads to the next point. We we think on purpose. We think with a filter. And thirdly, we think in the direction of change. When you redirect, think of change. George Bernard Shaw once said, those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. Can't change your mind, you can't change anything. The paradigm shift. If you can't get that thing going not going to change. Now, he may not have realized, but Shaw was indirectly referencing a biblical passage or a principle. It's called transformation. You hear about that around here at all? Transformation. It's our goal to be transformed into into the image of Jesus Christ. Paul says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. He also says, let the Spirit change your way of thinking. We're trying to change. Yes, it takes some effort on our part, but truly the one changing our thinking will be God Himself. We need to allow that because transformed behavior begins with transformed thinking. I quoted Norman Vincent Peale earlier. 
who said, change your thoughts and you'll change your world. We can maybe more specifically say in this context, change your thoughts and you'll change yourself. Or God will change you. Change your thoughts and God will change you. Taking control of your thought life doesn't just mean you think of pretty things. It means you become a new person that can make a difference in the world around you. This is the right attitude to have. God, I want to learn to think differently because I want to learn to act differently because I want to be a different person. Don't fall for that lie that says you can never change. Old dogs can't learn new tricks. Oh, maybe that works for dogs, but it doesn't work with God and human beings. He can make us brand new creations. That's why Peter said, prepare your minds for action. Because thinking leads to doing. Taking control of your thoughts means you think in the direction of action. You tell yourself, you ask yourself, what do I need to do here? Henry David Thoreau said this, As a single footstep will not make a path on earth. Can't make a path with one footstep. So a single thought will not make a pathway in the mind. To make a deep physical path, we walk again and again. To make a deep mental path, we must think over and over the kind of thoughts we wish to dominate our lives. Taking control of our thoughts, our life thoughts, it is hard work. It's not a one-time event. It's a daily process. But the rewards are worth the effort. If we will learn to think like God told us to think, we will experience transformation in every area of our lives. Every area. So we have kind of a funny little application today. Um, It's basically a word picture that we can touch and see and uh, remember. It's, It's to help us remember. Think how great it would be if we could just go to the store and buy some thought freshener. You know, kind of like air freshener for our stinking thinking. (laughs) It does stink, you know. I mean, it smells really bad. In fact, sometimes our stinking thinking can smell so bad it's the smell of death. It can kill things in our lives. Reminds me of that old Leonard Skinner song. That smell. You know, that's a band, Leonard Skinner. Some of you folks may not know Six of their band members died in a plane crash. And, you know, they went through some junk. And they, they were big party animals. That's what they were known for. And, but they write this song, That Smell. Here's the chorus line. It, it's about all these things in your life that, that are so bad that they can actually kill you. Ooh, that smell. Can't you smell that smell? Ooh, that smell. The smell of death surrounds you. So we don't want that. We don't want that stinking thinking. So here's what I want you to do. When you go home today, take an old spray can, like an old aerosol spray can, or maybe an old plug-in air freshener, or a sticker that you're going to be given. You're going to get like a scratch and sniff sticker when you go out today. Write something on that can or or the little thing that hangs from your mirror, that, that kind of smelly thing. 
and, and let it be a reminder. Write something like, eliminate stinking thinking or purify your thoughts. Help it remind you to think on purpose. Help it remind you to, to think with a filter. Use the filter of Scripture. And help it remind you to redirect your thoughts for change. Do something about it. What if, what if every time you looked at it, you let it move you toward God so He can not only transform your thinking, but He can transform you into a different person? Let's pray together. Father God, we, uh, we struggle with this kind of stuff all the time. I know there's the, the battlefield of this world for Christians. There's satanic activity that we talk about. That's our enemy too, but wow, what an enemy our mind can be. God, help us to win the victories in the battlefields of our minds. Help us to, to remember to, to run things through Your Word that tells us so many good things. And Your Word is truth. Your Word is life. And God, help us to, to change our way of thinking so we can become more like You. As we change our ways of thinking, we ask that You would get in there and give us what you talk about in your word, the mind of Christ. And we pray that, believing it will happen as we move forward in our life. We pray it in the name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, amen, amen.